Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. To another episode of the Rink Rat Report. It is Thursday, January 3rd. Uh, Canada has unfortunately fallen to the Finns and the World Juniors. Um, I'm going to cry about that for a little bit. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, the semifinals and what I what I think of those games there. I mean, the S- Sweden's not in the semifinals either. That, I mean, both can- having both Canada and Sweden not in the semifinals. That's I'm going to go on and on and on about that one as well. And then I'm going to get into a little bit of the NHL All-Star game as the roster was just released. And per expectations, Twitter was running amok on this one because player XYZ didn't make it and player Element OP did. So it's the same thing every single year. Whatever. I'll get into that later. First off... Team Canada versus Finland. This game, it was an awesome game. No matter who you were cheering for, this was an awesome game to watch. A lot of excitement. Few, Only a few goals scored, but a lot of chances. Both goalies played tremendously. Michael DiPietro was outstanding. Uh, you can't fault him at all this tournament. I can't remember the last time Canada got what could widely be considered very good goaltending, and they did not meddle. And they did not even get past the, the quarterfinals. I mean, very strong tournament. Uh, there was I don't think there was a clear-cut favorite in the tournament at all. I mean, right now, to me, USA is the favorite to win. And we've even seen them lose. And then they almost they almost came back from a four-goal game. I mean, this is a great tournament. It's a, it's a tournament of inches, pretty much. I mean... You, you look at the Canada game at the end of the game, which I'll get into in a bit. Um, just a couple crappy bounces and you're out of the tournament. So, um, first off, I'm going to also discuss what has been, is being widely discussed on Twitter. And that being the Max Comtois stuff. Um, the garbage that we get into every year and having to re- actually having to remind people, hey, these are 20 year olds. Um, they're not, they're, they're 20 years old, man. I mean, why do you have to go onto the, this, these kids and go onto social media and bash these kids? Um, and also Tim Hunter, I personally was not happy with him. Uh, Comtois wearing the C, uh, overtime deployment. I thought that was pretty lousy as well. And what happened throughout this game? So first off, we saw this power play again, as I've been saying, 
This entire tournament, this power play, power play one has just been lousy. And you're not, you're going to take yourself out of games if you can't score on the power play, which Canada did not. Their penalty kill was a little more solid this game. They didn't give up any goals, but their power play was, it's so stationary. You're not going to score. Everyone's standing around. Uh, I mean, and the power play two should be out, should have been out there way more. And why was power play two more effective? They move. Ty Smith does a great job of walking the blue line, putting pucks on net. And when you're in motion on the blue line, taking shots, it's more likely to get through the screens, through the crowds, have a tip, and you're creating a more high dangerous chance. Or you draw the def- uh, the defender over to you, and you make a pass to a more open, uh, a more open player, and they get a better chance. And we just did not see that. We saw that a couple times in the Czech Republic game. We did not see that in the the game against Russia. We did not even see that in the game against Switzerland. And the power play was just abysmal. And honestly, it buried this team. Special teams buried this team in this tournament. And I mean, who can you fault for that one? Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna fault the coach a little bit on that one, to be honest, uh, for not changing up the strategy, for not changing up. The players, I mean, why would you put the same guys out there that are not working? The other t- unit goes out there, they score two goals in one game, and then you just continue to put the other, the, the first one out there that's not working. Hmm, hmm. Uh, big thing on the other side of the rink coming into this game, Tolvanen has zero goals in this tournament. He had zero goals. And he didn't score this game, so he finished this game with zero goals. Ailey Tolvanen... Had zero goals and two assists in four games. That's something I thought we would never see in this tournament. I mean, when you look at the just the raw numbers that this guy was putting up in international tournaments, I wrote a blog about this, uh, best player from each power six country at the beginning of the tournament, and I had him my number one for Finland, obviously, because he had a good show. He had a decent showing. Finland didn't have a good showing last year. He played pretty well last year. Um, he played well at the Olympics. He played well at the World Championships. Um, but I mean, three, now he's got, I think three points in five games in this tournament. Uh, that's not enough, especially zero goals with a shot. Like what he has, his shot's an absolute cannon. So to have zero goals coming into this game was really, really surprising. He had a couple good chances in this game, especially he had a couple great one time, two great one time chances and even a breakaway that was stopped by Di Pietro. So Tolvanen was playing well, but I don't know how these, the puck was just was not going in for him uh, in this game and so far in this tournament. So um, moving on in the game, um, uh, that Ian Mitchell goal was fantastic. Ian Mitchell's second round pick, Chicago Blackhawks in 2017. He looked pretty good at times in this tournament. He's a really good skater and he's pretty skilled. Um, I don't guarantee he's having a great season this year and he plays a a ton for the University of Denver in the NCAA, but I don't guarantee that he leaves school uh, simply because I, yeah, if he went back, it wouldn't, well, if he went back, it wouldn't totally hurt him, but I could, I'm going to give it 60, 40 that he goes pro after at the end of this year, Blackhawks fans should be fairly happy with what the future of defense looks for them. I mean, you already have Andre Yoki Harju who was your first round pick in 2017, uh, playing games in the NHL. He was in this tournament. He hasn't been fantastic. 
But and then on top of that, Ian Mitchell, Adam Bokvist. I mean, this tournament was a pretty good. I mean, they didn't show up to the best of their abilities, I believe. But just to have the li- the big list of Blackhawks prospects in this tournament, that's a that's a good sign for things moving forward for them. Anyways, so that was a fantastic shot by Ian Mitchell on that one. Um, I mean, I think Canada played really well. I mean, the shots showed that Finland dominated us. I don't think that was the case. Di Pietro did have to make a fair amount of good saves in this one. Uh, the couple, uh, he made it, uh, one breakaway save on Tolvan and a couple on a break, um, a few more here and there, uh, in the, uh, off the cycle for Finland, but I thought um, Finland played well, Canada played well. It was a very evenly matched game. Um, unfortunately, a couple bounces just didn't go Canada's way. Uh, I mean, you could describe Di Pietro's performance. He, he was he was looking like a wall that only Trump could dream up. He uh, and that, I said that before he made that breakaway save on Tolvanen. So he he was just fantastic in this game. What a performance by him. Um, unfortunately. I think our top line kind of drifted I mean, and drifted in terms of the scoring chances they were generating through this tournament. I mean, they had the puck a lot, but I don't think they were generating the chances that they needed to. Um, we had a couple great chances. Brett Leishan, um eligible for the 2019 draft. 2019. Wow. It's already 2019. That's just tripping me out right there. Um, he had a great chance off of Bouchard, uh, flipped to center. I thought Bouchard was decent in this game. Maybe could have gave. Uh, he was pretty good in this game. Maybe could have uh, scored. A, I mean, could have been better on the power play. But aside from that, I mean, drew the penalty shot, uh, sent Leeson on a breakaway, a couple good defensive plays here and there. I thought Bouchard played pretty well in this game. Ty Smith as well. I mean, there's no one that I really think played bad it's just a couple breaks here and there and it's in the back of the net um Mackenzie Entwistle the one thing that did perform I mean he did not play barely played in this game um I'm gonna pull up the exact number that he did play right now uh four minutes and 10 seconds because they gave that uh his spot uh they gave the 12th forward spot to Lafreniere, who totaled 5 minutes and 50 seconds in this game. Um, some other notable times. Joe Valeno, 6 minutes and 15 seconds. And Jared McIsaac on defense, defense, 7 minutes and 51 seconds. Wow. That bench must have been pretty damn warm for the, <laughs> the guys who were playing out there. Um, but... Pretty much all of Entwistle's... Entwistle played 139 in the, the third. Which, I don't know. He, he I thought he was very effective in the third period. Um, the puck was always in their end, pretty much. It was more so in the fin- Finnish end um, than it was in Canada's end. Especially... Uh, especially... Uh, which is huge... Uh, late in the game, especially considering that um, that the other team's going to be pressing more when when they're down a goal. So I thought he had a couple great shifts in the third period there. 
Um, Lafreniere played pretty decent as well, um, but unfortunately, both guys just did not get, did not see the ice very much in this one. Um, I mean, I don't think anyone really played that bad that it was noticeable in this tournament. Um, just when you look at it, five. I mean, you're not. When you're not capitalizing on those chances the other team gives you, you're going to lose. <laughs> um, and that, that, so the first finish goal, um, I thought it was a pretty easy, it, when you look at it, it was, and I'm going to take a look at it right now. It did look like um, Tolvanen had a pretty easy laneway into the zone. And I'm not disputing that at all, but he's a pretty good skater. He's pretty stocky, and he did slip through very well there. Uh, however, you, you got to contest him a little more. Um, I think it was Ty Smith on that play. You got to contest him a little bit more coming into the zone. You can't give him that free pass there. But this this is just a really, really crummy bounce. I mean, it goes off the side of the net right back to him, off the side of the mesh. Right back to him, and it hits Hiponiemi in a way where he's turning and he doesn't even know that he scored. He thinks that Tolvanen scored in this one. I don't unless he felt it hit, hit his shin pad like that. That was just a a really crummy goal. And then that overtime. That overtime, Canada. I mean, Finland did have a couple decent chances in that overtime. Uh, the shots ended up being three to two. This is three to two, four. Yeah, okay. So it was it was three to two in favor of Finland. Finland did have a couple good uh, shots, and they had the puck there for a decent amount of time on Canada. Uh, but I mean, you just have those golden chances have to go in in overtime, and it's just really bad luck. I mean, that that Noah Dobson. I posted it on my Twitter. If you're you're curious to how that broke down Noah Dobson with a very good chance to, to one time it in and his stick just shatters that that crumbled my heart right there and then when you see Finland go the other way I don't know he, the pessimistic side of you just says like it's this puck's going in and it, it was a deflection Di Pietro didn't really have a chance because it was deflected off um, the Canadian defender and in the net uh so he's not really to blame there on that one, but it was off of Cody Glass's stick. Hmm. Go figure. And in the net on that one. So heartbreak for Canada. First time ever not meddling on home soil. That's got to be disappointing for these kids, but for the most part, I thought they played well. I mean, I didn't see... Um, I didn't see them overpowered in any games. They were in every game. Um, for the most part, they outplayed all their opponents. Maybe Finland did have a bit of the edge in this game here, but I thought they played terrific. I mean, if you were to say one, a couple guys maybe could have been better. Evan Bouchard, I thought, um, for how much he's generated, how much offense he's generated in uh, London so far uh, over the past two years for him to come to the World Juniors and 
to generate as little as he did. He had three assists. Curious to see how many of those came in the, the first game against Denmark um, in that 14 nothing game there. I'm going to pull that up now and I'll let you know. But three assists in five games. Yeah, all three and all three assists came against Denmark. So in the games against in, with tougher tougher competition, when you're the number when you're quarterbacking the power play and you put up a goose egg like that, that's just a, it's it's a bit ugly. It's a bit ugly to to have to finish the tournament like that. I mean, so that one, that, I mean, he was decent. He made a couple good defensive plays here and there. But when you're as big of, as, as a, of an offensive threat as he is, I mean, listen to these numbers. 18 points in 13 games this year and 87 points with 25 goals in 67 games last year. And you're not you're putting up a goose egg against the tough competition at the World Juniors. It's a really ugly look. 25 goals last year. 25. The Bush bomb, they called it. And he was just teeing it up from the blue line. That's not going in. Stationary teeing it up from the blue line. I didn't, really didn't like to see that. But I, I don't fault him at all for what has happened here. So that was my little emotional rant about uh, this Canada team. Um, from the looks of it, we, do, we are gonna, going to be getting some returning guys for next year's tournament. Um, even though... Uh, even though you might have said that last year with like guys like Robert Thomas, Alex Formenton. Formenton was just an unfortunate injury, but um, next year I'm going to be guessing Hunter Jones is going to be a net for them. Uh, they do uh, Dobson, McIsaac, and Ty Smith are all 2000 born, so they're eligible for next year. Um, I can see McIsaac for sure coming back. Dobson. Most likely as well. The Islanders do have a lot of guys locked up on D. I wouldn't call them fantastic, but they're locked up there. Um, so whether he comes back, I lean more towards yes for him coming back. And Ty Smith, I mean, New Jersey could say, yeah, we want you to go back, get bigger. I mean, he's only 180 pounds. He's five foot eleven. But then again, you got to remember, New Jersey's defense is not very good. That whole team is just not very good, so... Whether those three on defense come back, we'll see. Hunter Jones, I think the Peterborough goaltender, he's going to be a top prospect in this coming draft. I think he's going to be a strong contender for the starting job uh, this coming year. Um, obviously, the other guy in camp was Matthew Valalta. He's a 99-born. He's not eligible. So nobody invited to camp this year will be in, in net for Canada will be representing them next year because they're all too old. And then on forward, you got Barrett Hayton. He's 2000 born, but he's a, you got to think he's a fifth overall pick to the Coyotes. Maybe they want him there. Um, we did see uh, Lawson Krause in his 20 year old year go and play a full season in Arizona. So maybe he, he's on the fence too about coming back, but Lafreniere, he's eligible for next year's draft. He's for sure going to be back. He's going to play a ton of minutes. Hopefully, Tim Hunter's not back because I really did not like him as a coach, as I mentioned, um, with the deployment of that power play. I thought it was terrible. Uh, and then Joe Valeno, uh, the Detroit Red Wings draft pick. I think he's... I'm very confident that he's going to be back as well. So, next year, we get the advantage of... I'm not sure where next year's tournament's uh, hosted. Hopefully, it's in a good time zone so everyone can watch the games. But 
we do get the advantage. Canada does get the advantage of having some returning players, which will help them in this tournament. Um, and to wrap up all my Canada stuff, uh, I've mentioned Tim Hunter. I didn't really like him as a coach. I didn't really like the way he called out Lafreniere for his performance in the second game. Uh, to be honest, I did. I watched the second game after I heard that he had called him out. Um, I think I rewatched it actually. I rewatched it, and I really did not see a problem with Lafreniere's performance. He made maybe fell a couple times, um, but he maybe made one bad play. But and then on top, but right after that, I think he got the puck back and made six other good plays. And the dumb thing about that, he got a decent chance on net. It, the puck skipped on him. It was in front. He was in a good position, and then he got benched after that and did not play the third period at all. Neither did Valeno. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so not too happy with Tim Hunter. Hopefully he's not back next year. Hopefully it's something else. Someone else. Steve Steos. I thought he picked a decent team. I mean, I don't think Mackenzie Whistle was a very popular pick, considering that his production was that good, and the fact that there's a connection between Steos and Entwistle. Entwistle is a captain of Hamilton. Steos is the GM of Hamilton, but. I like the way that Entwistle played. Um, he was in a limited role, fourth line role, but he's a big guy. He scored, even though he was not really expected to be a goal scoring guy. He had three goals. He almost had that goal against Russia. He was a pretty unsung hero in this game, um, and he did his job out there. So he, I thought he was. I think this team was picked well. It's just some deployment issues, some decisions. That overtime. I don't know. I like Max Comtois. As captain, 50-50, 50 yes on the side that he's a big boy. He's got NHL experience. He's got gold medal experience, which is big for this team that doesn't have any. Um, He had six points in last year's tournament, which is not bad, but he didn't play well. And then my 50% saying no is that USA game. He pretty much lost it for us last year. I don't like to be a negative on these 20-year-old kids, but... He took a couple bad penalties in that game. And is that really leadership uh, status? No. But then you also got to look at he plays with a ton of heart. He was throwing the body all over the place. And then you flip back to the no side where it's he's flopping. Uh, the flopping's an ugly look. Uh, spe- I mean, especially when your fan base is this rough and tough, dum-dum. Oh, we, we're Canadian. We don't flop. I mean, yeah, he flopped it didn't really it got the team a little out of sorts but he didn't take a penalty he wasn't we weren't shorthanded because of it so i don't think it was that that big of a deal but it's kind of ugly when your captain is flopping like that it's not the best look you don't it's not ideal but i don't think it was huge so to speak anyways um and then to close it out that that uh, penalty shot my thought on who should have taken that penalty shot, um, I I don't exactly know the numbers with regards to who is the best, who had the best penalty shot in the uh, totals in the regular uh, through their careers in their respective leagues, um, but I don't really think Comtois was the best. I mean, you could see the connections in Tim Hunter's brain where he's going, oh, Comtois our captain. He's been pretty good for them this year. Um, like he's a leader, whatever. 
he he takes the shot. That's why. He's not going to cave under pressure. But then you look at it, it's like, okay, but is Comtois really a better choice than Morgan Frost, who's lighting up the OHL, Cody Glass, who's lighting up the WHL, Barrett Hayton, whose hands are sick. Um, you're not going to give it to the 17-year-old Lafreniere because apparently Tim Hunter hates him for some reason. Um, but even Nick Suzuki, who's, again, wildly skilled player, lighting up the OHL. Owen Tippett, fantastic shot, such a threat, and also pretty skilled as well. Um, I mean, that's a slew of guys that I would have picked before Comtois, to be completely honest. I mean, yeah, he's your leader. Yeah, he's your, you're supposed to be your go-to guy in the last minute, but I'm looking for him to win puck battles, to get uh, to dig in front of the net, not score us the goal in a shootout in overtime. So, I mean, all in all, disappointing. But Canada will be back next year. They will be stronger. They will have more experience. And I'm banking on gold next year. So, anyways, um, said I was going to give a look at the semifinals. Uh, So right now, the Russia-Slovakia game is still going on. Russia is up 8-1, though. I think it's pretty fair to assume that they're going to move on. Switzerland upsetting Sweden today. I mean, Switzerland... I mean, if you remember, they gave Canada a pretty good run for their money. They've got a little bit of talent, but they just mix it in with so much grit and heart. And the fact that they they clog up the lanes and they're just a tough team to play against, even though they're not the most skilled. I mean, I posted on Twitter the video of last year, the coach saying, yeah, we're going to get destroyed by Canada. And then this year saying, yeah, we're we're good. Like we're we're a competitive team this year. I mean, what a difference one year makes. That's insane. So... Switzerland uh, defeating Sweden 2-0. Uh, incredible. Just Sweden's forwards coming in. People knew that they weren't that great. But just for them to put up as few goals as they did, and I think Bemstrom put up half of them, is just wildly disappointing. And to have the offense shut out like that is that's heart-wrenching for Sweden in this one. Almost as heart-wrenching as a broken stick. And the puck going the other way in the back of the net. But, you know, whatever. We're not keeping score. So, uh, semifinals. USA, Russia, Finland, Switzerland. I'm picking USA to win this, the whole tournament. I think they're going to beat Russia. Um, I like the talent that they have on this team. Um, They obviously have Jack Hughes back. I didn't quite get to watch the full game. Uh, USA, Czech Republic. But Dostal... From what I saw, I saw Pizza and Pizzas. He stood on his head. He was awesome. He was the only reason it was a close game. um, Because USA wildly outplayed the Czech Republic in this one. Uh, Jack Hughes being back for USA helps. Uh, He played 13-54 in this game. One assist. Eight shots on goal. My God. This kid's a stud. So, anyways. I hope it's USA... Finland in the final simply because Kapokako is on Finland and he's currently rated number two by a lot of people in the 2019 draft. So to have one and two battle it out in the the uh, gold medal game like that in the uh, one and two in the 2019 draft battle it out in the gold medal game like that that's going to be that's going to be electric to watch in my opinion. So uh, some of the talent that I 
notably that I'm gonna no, uh, highlight on Team USA and why I think they're gonna they're a big contender. Um, and that being Josh Norris is a pretty good player, University of Michigan, Ottawa Senators prospect right now. He was traded um, by the San Jose Sharks in that Carlson deal, that little deal that happened in the summer. You may have heard, you might have heard of it, maybe, not sure. Anyways, he has been playing decent in this tournament. He's a pretty hard-nosed guy, um, decently skilled, gets around there pretty fast. Jason Robertson, Dallas Stars prospect, uh, just absolutely lighting up the OHL this year. Maybe not the fastest guy, but he's, his hockey sense is incredible, and he he's such a he move he thinks so quick out there, and he just plays the game at such a fast pace in terms of his hand and his release too. Uh, zips the puck around the ice incredibly. Yul Farabee, Flyers first round pick, another fairly good one. He's been solid for USA in this tournament. Um, I'm gonna pull up some exact numbers. Ryan Paling has led the team this entire tournament. Uh, he leads the team in points as well. Montreal Canadiens prospect, uh, St. Cloud State. He's another great player. Uh, Evan Barrett, uh, Penn State player. Again, he's another he's another one to watch out for. And then on D, they got Quinn Hughes. Although he hasn't putting up, been putting up terrific numbers, he can still... He's one of the best skaters in this tournament. Mikey Anderson, returning player. He's another great one as well. Uh, and then Alex Shemilevsky. I'm going to highlight him as him too. He's similar, plays somewhat similar to Robertson in the sense that he's not the fastest player, but he can just move the puck so fast on and off the stick and an incredible pacing. Very talented player. Uh, I got to see him a lot in the playoffs for the OHL last year. His team wasn't that great around him, but he he can control the play very well. And he's done that in this tournament. Um, that USA comeback, I think he, him or Robertson assisted on all three. I can't remember, but regardless, a lot of talent on this team. Uh, goaltending has been solid. Whether it's, I mean, Kaiser had that four, he got four goals scored on him against uh, Sweden. But he still played solid in that game, made a lot of great saves. They've been playing Caden Primo. I don't have much of a problem with that. He's a pretty good goaltender as well. Uh, he plays at Northeastern. Uh, he's a Montreal Canadiens uh, prospect, and he is the son of Keith Primo, who played for the Flyers about 13 years ago, 06. Scary to think that 06 was 13 years ago, unless my math is wrong. I'm not going to check it right now, though. Anyways, so moving on, um, banking on USA, Finland in that final. Should be a good one. I think USA is going to take it, unfortunately, on Canadian soil. So, and to be clear, yes, I'm going to wipe my tears with uh, my Team Canada jersey. Anyways, moving on from the World Juniors. I'm going to quickly get into a little bit of the NHL All-Star game and my thoughts on some of the snubs, uh, who I realistic, I'm going to only say who I realistically think should have been in, not, oh, there should have been nine Leaf players in there. Um, Why is, we'll throw it one, Clayton Keller in there? Well, Clayton Keller's in there because there needs to be one rep from each team. If you remember, Leo Komarov was the Leafs rep for one year. Actually, Thomas Caverly made the All-Star team. You remember that so many times because just the rest of the team was Garbo for a couple of years. 
that was pretty funny so but notable snubs um i'm not sure why carry price is in this game carry price has been terrible this year um he's he's been benched even i don't care what montreal canadians fans you can't be happy with the way he's played this year especially on the contract that he's been playing on that's just absolutely ludicrous to me anderson deserves to be there I don't care that you have, if you have to take John Tavares out, put Max Domi in. They're both play, they both play center because Domi is somewhat deserving of it. Domi's been, uh, he's been good this year. Uh, even though it's been a surprise, he's been producing at a much higher rate than Galchenyuk, even though the players around Galchenyuk are not producing, whatever. Uh, but 37 points in 40 games, and his goaltender is going over him. And his goaltender barely has a 900 save percentage. I think that is just weird to me. So there's that one. Um, some other names. Um, Mitch Marner, not in there. Not really sure how that happened, uh, but it did. Uh, he's sixth in points this year with 53. Braden Point, seventh in points. Also not on there. Kind of weird to see. I mean, you gotta, they are trying to fit in everyone. One player from each team. It's kind of tough to do it, but to mix it in like that. I mean, but when you got Steven Stamkos in there, plays on the same team, it's Braden Point has a considerable less amount of points than he does. 43 for Stamkos and 52 for points. It's a weird look. I know Stamkos is more well-known in the hockey community. He's going to draw more eyes probably, most likely than Braden Point. But it's kind of weird to see that Stamkos is an all-star. Points is not. Hmm. Something's not right there. And then moving down the points list, Sean Monaghan, 50 in 41. Not on there. Another cane. A couple more flames that have been awesome this year. Giordano, he's considered by a good amount of people to be uh, a Norse contender this year. Not on there. Matthew Kachuk, not on there. Uh, and that closes it out for Calgary. I don't think David Riddich has started enough games to be uh, heavily considered a, someone that should have been in this All-Star game. But a couple of flames, only one flame uh, in the All-Star game this year. Uh, and that being Johnny Goudreau, obviously he deserves it. He's been electric this year, but I mean, the Flames have been playing well as of late. And to see only one of them in there is kind of a little bit odd, but more, most odd one also that I throw out there. Um, Morgan Riley not being an all-star. Um, clearly the people putting it up there hasn't checked the top of the defenseman scoring. Uh, race because Morgan Riley's number one by four points. I mean, I don't care where the points came from. He's been so yeah, Morgan Riley's been terrific for the Leafs this year. I, I don't understand how someone that's generated as much offense as he has has been as good for the Leafs as he has. And to not see him in, in the All-Star game is kind of kind of obscure, uh, to be quite frank. Um, another one in here. I just saw it, actually. Uh, Crystal Tang. 
still can, I mean, all these guys can still be voted in. So we may see a couple of the names that I'm throwing out there. Uh, we may see them still in the all-star game, but right now, Chris, Chris Letang is also not on there. Uh, he's sixth in points uh, in the league for defensemen. Um, one person that I have seen a lot of people complain about is Keith Yandel. Um, now, I think Keith Yandel's been good this year, to, uh, to be completely fair to him. Um, I know a lot of Spit and Chicklets fans have heard Brian Whitney go off about this guy. He's a close personal friend of his. Um, but that's not why I'm saying that he should be in there. I'm not a close personal friend of Yan- Keith Yandel's at all. So... This is why I think. I mean, 32 points, 38 games. Uh, he's been amazing on the power play. I mean, his production 5-on-5 has only been 10 points, but 22 points on the power play for Florida. Uh, five goals, 17 assists. And his possession numbers have been pretty good as well. 46.9% in the offensive zone starting. And yet his Corsi, his Corsi relative is still a plus 2.6. 52.2% Corsi 4. Now, you may be wondering what all these numbers mean. If you're starting less in the offensive zone uh, than you are in... If you're starting less in the... More in the defensive zone than you are in the offensive zone... Trip myself up there. Um, it's more likely that you're going to have shot attempts uh, against you than you are for. But yet, Yandel's been putting... That means he's been driving the puck up ice. He's been doing a great job of driving the puck up ice uh, this year. And he's been PDO bombed a little bit. His on-ice save percentage, that means what the save percentage that he's gotten from his goaltenders when he's on the ice is only 8-9-3 for a total of PDO of 9-7-7. I mean, that's really low. It's only gonna go, I think it's only going to go up the more starts that they give to Roberto Luongo and if Luongo stays healthy, which right now there's no sign saying that he won't. So Keith Yandel, I mean, I don't think he's undeserving of it at all. Uh, so good for him that uh, he's representing, what are they, South Florida? I can't remember. Who cares? They don't get any fans anyways. So... Yandelin, uh, that's awesome to see. But if Yandel wasn't in, I mean, people are going to complain that. So then that means that a forward spot is probably going to be taken by someone like Alex Barkov. Now, Barkov's fantastic. I wouldn't have been surprised to see him there. Uh, Barkov, even Huberto, 44 points this year. Jeez, for Huberto. My God. Barkov, 39 points, 38 games. 23.09 night in ice time. Um... And again, he's a guy, 50% Corsi, and he's starting more in the defensive zone than he is in the offensive zone. So, but then again, you got to look at it. What spot, whose spot are they taking? Um, Matthews, Eichel, Matthews was voted a captain. Can't argue with that one. Eichel has been terrific this year. Kucherov leads the league in points. Pasta has been stupendous. And then Stamkos, there's an argument there. I'll give everyone that one. Shabbat with his first all-star appearance. That's a good one. And my last one that people have been complaining about that I've seen is Jimmy Howard. And I've seen this. It's been, oh, how is Vasilevsky and Anderson not the goalies and Jimmy Howard and Carey Price are? Jimmy Howard's been solid this year. Vasilevsky has not started enough games. Jimmy Howard. Now, it's 
he in the past couple of years has not been great. His contract has also not been great for Detroit. But his contract's expiring, and he's been terrific so far this year. He's been the Jimmy Howard of old. A 920 save percentage and a 272 goals against average. Detroit's not good this year, and he's putting up good numbers. Now, that's enough, and with 25 starts relative to Vasilevsky's only got 20. And Vasilevsky's got a good team in front of him. So, I think it's just Leaf fans complaining because they saw what Vasilevsky did against them. And Vasilevsky is a very talented goalie, and I don't doubt that he's going to make all-star games to come. But I think I'm giving Jimmy on the, uh, the edge on this one. A 920 save percentage on the Detroit Red Wings, which, for comparison, his goaltending partner, Jonathan Bernier, who, before I read out his numbers this year, they're atrocious, shocker. Uh, he had a 913 last year in Colorado, a 915 the year before in Anaheim, even a 908 in Toronto his last year. Okay, career 913 save percentage goaltender. He's at an 892 this year. I know he's only started 16 games and one of them, he I think he gave up an eight spot, but he's an 892 save percentage this year and Howard's at a 920 for comparison. Jimmy's been good this year. I know people are complaining, oh, Larkin should have been in. That's laughable. No, Lark- I mean, Jimmy's been good this year. He deserves to start for the Atlantic Division. Price, not so much. Um, but I'm going to close out my argument with this. It's, you got to remember, it's the All-Star game. It doesn't matter. I mean, the players get paid, sure, a little bit if they win. Most of them don't try. If you've watched it, most of them don't try. The skills competition is pretty fun to watch, but most of them don't try in the game. So who cares? Who cares who's in there? Why does it matter that Mitch Marner's... I mean, sure you want to see Mitch in there. It's going to be fun. There's going to produce a lot of good content uh, if Mitch was in there. But it's one weekend. Who cares? As long as you, you, you see your favorite player hoist the Stanley Cup at the end of the year, that's all that matters. Who cares about all this... This all-star game garbage. It's the same argument every year. Why was this guy in? Why was this guy not? Well, you need a representative from every team. The NHL's been clear about that. Um, and in order to do that, sometimes you got to put in garbage players and the good ones got to sit at home. But guess what? I don't think they care either. It's a little extended vacation for them. So closing argument, it's the all-star game. Who cares? Nobody tries in the games. So what? Anyways. Little rant to end off the episode. Um, circling back to one thing that I just missed, um, my Colin Coward take about Jarek McIsaac ended up being wrong. Shocker! Uh, I'm gonna try to throw some more. I'm gonna try to make that a segment. Um, my Coward take of uh, my Coward take of the day. Um, if anyone has any suggestions, throw them my way. I would love to hear them. Um, but that's all that I have for today. Uh, Thank you for listening and have a, a great weekend.